Hi, this is Jordan. I wanted to drop in at the top and let you know that starting this week, we'll be releasing podcast episodes every Tuesday rather than every other Tuesday. When we first started working on WKJP News Radio, I didn't want to overpromise, and I definitely needed some time to get used to the process of writing, recording, editing, and distributing a podcast. I also want the podcast to be a little bit fresher when they're released, so that if you listen to them when they come out, you're listening to something recorded in the last week or two, not four to six weeks ago. Anyway, that's all from me. As always, thank you so much for listening, and enjoy episode three! Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast about the TV show News Radio. My name is Jordan, and here with me is my lovely wife, Kayleen. And this episode, we are going to talk about season one, episode three, titled Smoking. So before we get started, Kayleen, how are you doing? I feel like we record this at night, and I'm always just like. <gasps> at the end of the day. I know. If we could choose, I would rather us record this over coffee in the morning. Yeah. Because I feel like we would be a lot more energetic. Yeah. And upbeat. We could do that. I well, mean. <laughs> maybe. I think you're supposed to be working. <laughs> yeah, I've got this full-time job. <laughs> um, I am good. Can't complain. I'm on summer vacation, so... You're pretty much an asshole if you complain while you're on summer vacation. A little bit. Um, we've been doing a lot of family stuff lately, but that's good. Other than that, everything's good. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, I feel like I'm we're smack in the middle of summer, so like yeah. I haven't quite started the back to school dread yet. Yeah. I got time. Um, uh, another question that we ask at the top is what have you been watching lately? Oh, God, you always will ask me that. And then I get embarrassed. <laughs> um, so I binge watched two shows since the last time we've recorded. Which was on the 4th of July. Okay. So two, exactly two weeks ago. Oh, man. So I've binge watched two shows in two weeks. Um, should I be proud or ashamed? I don't know. Uh, the first one is that show called The Circle mm -hmm. on Netflix. I think the second season came out a while ago, but I just didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. um, but the premise is basically a bunch of strangers living in an apartment building, and they don't know who each other is. And some of them are catfish, and some of them are real. And Some of them are real fish. Real fish. They actually did have a real fish it's on. It's a circular pond. Yes. That's The Circle. A very talkative fish on this Um but, like, I always say this every time. It's probably boring to hear if you leave it in the edits. But, like, I like mindless television, which is why I actually have been enjoying watching news radio. Because yeah. it's just, like... It doesn't ask a lot of you. No, it's just, like, a fluffy, fun thing to watch. I, I like reality shows because I like seeing how people react in situations. Um, so I watched that, and then I also watched this other show on Netflix called My Unorthodox Life, mm -hmm. and it is about a Jewish family that lives in New York, 
and the mom was living a very ultra-Orthodox life, and then she decided to leave Muncie. Do you know anything about Muncie? I know there's a Muncie, Indiana, but this is not... Oh, no, I think it's, like, a part of New York called Muncie, and it's, like, a bunch of, like, that's where, like, super religious Jewish people live. Oh. And, like, I did, I, I kind of learned a lot about what it means to be very orthodox. I don't know a lot about Judaism mm -hmm. and being Jewish. And to me, like, somebody who's religious and you're Jewish is, like, you keep kosher or you do Shabbos or whatever. But she was not allowed to read like, mm. they couldn't dance or sing, and you get married when you're 19, and you don't get a say in even who you marry, and, um, so that was interesting, and now she's, like, runs a fashion empire in New York, which is, like, she started doing that when she was in her 40s, mm. so it kind of made me feel like there's still hope for me in my fashion empire. Sure. Someday you might break away from your domineering husband. Yes. Without your dream. Will you please let me sing, Jordan. I just want to sing. No dancing. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think about what I've been watching. What too. have you been watching? Uh, still been watching. I have still been watching Sneaky Pete, mm. season two. Uh, I probably should be paying more attention, but it's definitely something I kind of have on in the background while I'm doing yeah, other things. Yeah. Uh, I finished Superstore. Oh, yeah, we watched yeah, the finale we, together. That's right. It was the second time you watched the yeah. series finale, but yeah. it was the first time I'd watched it. And I thought, wow, that wrapped up really nicely. I was really happy with um, how it all kind of came together. It's nice when finales do that. Like, you can walk away from a show and feel like you've closed a book and, like, you don't wonder or worry about the characters anymore. That's always nice. I hate finales that just feel... I don't know. Like, they're just leaving you hanging and wondering. Or I guess, you know what the worst are? When a show ends up getting canceled, and so the last episode wasn't planned to be there. Is that what happens in news radio? Um, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the last yes. episode of the show is not the series finale, or it's not meant to be, but it ends up being the finale because they never make more of it. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yeah. trying to think whether I want to say anything about news radio. Okay, don't. Okay. Um, we'll preserve my ignorance. Yeah, the worst case of that was Deadwood. Because yeah. they kind of knew they were wrapping, and so they tried to tie it up a little bit, but it still left a lot of plot. Didn't they make a movie after? Right, and yeah. then they made a movie, what, ten years later? So it right. came out a year or two ago, and yeah. that actually wrapped up everything fairly nicely. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. Let me ask you kind of a weird question, and you can tell me <laughs> if, if this is too weird. Do you... So when you've watched a TV show or read a book, do you still think about the characters and, like, wonder what they're up to now? I don't wonder what they're up to, like, in or 2021. Do you wonder what became of them? Like, hey, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. Oh, yeah. Like, I think about... But when I think about them, I just think about them when... Like, I'm just thinking about the book that I read, I finished most recently, The House on the Cerulean Sea, the mm -hmm. most, like, recent fiction book I finished. And the characters in that book were so well-developed and so individual that I did find myself thinking, like, okay, what would happen to that character in a year or five years or ten years or things like that? But when I remember a book, I just wonder the same things again like oh i wonder what would have happened to them 
a year after the book finished. Yeah. I remember reading, I think it was in the preface to, like, the anniversary edition of The Stand by Stephen King, (laughs) where he talked about how he would get letters from fans asking him what happened to certain characters. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, do you think that I, like, get letters from them letting me know what's going (laughs) on in their lives? Like, no, they're characters I made up. Like, I I don't know what happened to them 15 years from now. But I think that's the sign of a good writer and a good character is if you still think about them and wonder, like, if your assumption is that they continue to go on after you've closed the book or turned off the show, and, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on with them ten years later? Well, it's not exactly the same, but you hear about actors who, like, they play a villain in a TV show, and then strangers are mean to them on the street because they think of them as a villain. (laughs) And everybody has certain actors where you just will always think of them as this really nice person or really sneaky person or mm. really horrible person. And it has nothing to do with that actual person because mm. you don't know them, but mm. they are just so their character. Like think about how many people think that John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher were actually in love with each other and right. actually, or that like she actually had feelings for him and that like, they just love to speculate on their, yeah, imaginary romantic relationship. <laughs> and to me, if I were an actor, I'd be like, damn, I must be a really good actor. Right. Because there's also actors <laughs> where you just, you never buy that they are who they are in the, in the show. Yes. Or you don't feel the chemistry in a relationship. Well, speaking of that, we can talk more about that and related to news radio. Definitely. The only other thing I was going to say was we watched a kind of a good movie together. We watched a movie called The Vast of Night. I don't know if I'd even call that movie good. It wasn't bad. It was strange. It was surprisingly engaging. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was cinematically impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a science fiction movie on Amazon Prime. And it was one that I literally knew almost nothing about going into it. You literally knew nothing about it. I was like, pick something, yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be a a movie, a science fiction movie, about this small town in New Mexico in the 50s. And so I'm rounding up on its quality because anytime I see a movie or read a book or anything that's like, that was unlike anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I... Like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is the exact example I'm thinking of. Like, I rounded way up on the quality of the movie Snowpiercer just because I don't feel like I see other movies like that. Right. It's it's doing something new and interesting. Yeah. I give movies points for that, but not as many as you. I think that's right. Anyway, so The Vast of Night, if you like science fiction, um, or if you like cinematography, interesting cinematography, I think that's... I, I also really bought the time period. Yes. I really, I thought that they did the 50s, which obviously neither of us were around in the 50s, but like I, I bought it. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. All right. So should we get into the episode? Let's do it. Okay. So this is season one, episode three, titled Smoking. It first aired on April 4th, 1995, directed by James Burroughs, written by Josh Lieb, Brad Isaacs, and Paul Sims. Uh, Paul Sims is the one who wrote the previous two. Hmm. The synopsis is, Dave tries to get Bill to respect the indoor smoking ban by giving up coffee in solidarity. Does that sound like a pretty good synopsis? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you put it like that, it sounds like it's such a nothing plot, but it, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's it. 
Okay, so we come into scene one at a staff meeting. Uh, Matthew is <laughs> telling everybody about uh, what seems like a very long story, and it turns out that he's just um, doing his own dream analysis <laughs> in front of everybody. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I felt a little attacked. Yeah. I am the person who likes to talk about their dreams. Uh, speaking as the person who wakes up next to you, yes, you are. But I will also <laughs> say that I like hearing, I'm one of those rare people who actually likes hearing about other people's dreams, too. Yeah. So, if you like talking about your dreams, and I, I think dream analysis is dumb. I'm not actually interested in that. Like, oh, I saw a bicycle, and that symbolizes my past childhood swimming experiences or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't. That old trope. Yes. Bicycle symbolizing swimming. Right. But like, I don't, I don't buy into that, but I, I just think brains are fun and interesting and I like seeing how my brain pieces together bits of information and experiences. And I like hearing about other people's dreams too. Yeah. Recounting one's dreams is a case where it's super fun to do it yourself and super awful to listen to other people do it. I disagree. I don't think it's awful. <laughs> you, but you, you like listening to other people's dreams? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's not my favorite thing to talk about, but like if someone said to me, like, I had the strangest dream last night, I would be like, lay it on me. Like, let's hear it. Like, I'd what? be like, oh God. If I'm not in it, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> well, look at you. So egotistical. Well, I'm just saying uh, that's about the only thing that gets my attention. Well, that was going to be actually my next question is... Is it weird to tell someone when you dream about them? I have struggled with this question because I've wondered that too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I usually tell people when they've dreamt about them, partly because I would like to know if I was in someone else's dream. Sure. Um, and again, I don't put any stock into dreams. So if somebody had a dream about me that was, I don't know, violent or sexual or uncomfortable or whatever, like I don't. I do not believe that that reflects on how that person actually feels about me. Right. But I can understand why someone wouldn't want to tell you sure. if they had an uncomfortable dream about you. But, um, like when I dream about my students, I usually will tell them and it's, it's interesting to see their reaction. Sure. Usually they're really like, and in almost, they're usually just background players. Actually, they're always just, they were just there randomly in my dreams. But, um, but they're always really interested to hear that. Mm -hmm. And then I always explain to them, like, yeah, I hang out with you every day. You're in my head. Yeah. So that's that's it, you know. When I was in grad school, I came in once and there was a guy. He he wasn't in our program, but he was in an, he was in an affiliate program or something. And so he would take classes with us. And I do not remember his name. Um, he was very nice. I, I don't have any you know, ill feelings toward him. But he said, yeah, I had a dream about you last night, Jordan. And I was like, okay, because, all right. Yeah. Weird dude I see once a week and yeah. you know, whatever. And he said, yeah, we were in class and you were just berating me. Just like, <laughs> listen here, you. And I was like, oh, gosh. And he's like, yeah. You would never do that. I know. I think that's probably what was maybe alarming to him about that is, I, I don't know. That seems out of character for me, probably. You know, I just realized, you know how you have, if you're going to tell someone that you dreamt about them, the way you have to say it is, you were in my dream last night. Because if you say, I, I dreamt, dreamt about, about you, you, that is where the creep factor comes mm -hmm. in. But if you just say, you were in my dream, that's not so creepy. 
You were in my dream. Well, if you say it like that, it's <laughs> creepy. Okay, enough about dreams. Okay, so literally we haven't moved past the first minute. I know, I know. I just, I think dreams are fun. Sure. And I, I feel lucky that I'm somebody that remembers my dreams. Yeah. Generally, I mean, at least a couple times a week. All right, so Dave tells Matthew to save the dream analysis for another time. He says that they have a state ordinance, that they are officially a non-smoking office. Then he and Bill start talking, and Bill lights up a cigarette casually while talking to Dave. And then three full 15-second promos over an audio bed. Sounds good. We should also try one clean 15-second pop without the audio bed. Bill, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and offers him one. <laughs> as if that was right. what he wanted there is some conflict there matthew walks by coughing loudly <coughs> to uh, call attention to the fact that bill is smoking in the office because matthew is immediately very happy about the smoking ban i find matthew so annoying maybe i'm supposed to but i just like i just don't like him he's supposed to be a little annoying sure so one thing that made me laugh out loud is uh the nonchalance of bill lighting up the cigarette and dave says bill we're now officially a non-smoking office what you're doing is punishable by a 100 hundred dollar fine you're kidding no i'm not kidding <laughs> bill that's not how it's supposed to work and he just very casually pulls out his wallet and tries to hand him a hundred dollar bill i thought bill. that was pretty good. that was pretty good that mean that one made that was one of my made me chuckle hmm. snort sure bill has to put his cigarette out and he drops it in dave's coffee and then we get the right. credits uh so we come back scene two joe is fixing dave's stuck caps lock on his computer uh, i have to point out that that was an adorable little laptop oh my god <laughs> i looked at that and i was like that thing's gotta weigh 12 pounds 15 oh, yeah. pounds oh, yeah. like and ugh. have a screen and have yes. a screen smaller yes. than some phones probably yes, yes. <laughs> there's some weirdness between lisa and joe she thinks that uh, joe knows about dave and lisa um he accuses her of being paranoid but uh, in fact he wears a hat every time they go out so that he won't be recognized bill comes in and lisa leaves after their argument about uh, joe possibly recognizing them well i consider this situation a potentially volatile one and i suggest you do the same college girls that made me laugh too that one made me laugh too yep phil hartman was really funny in this episode he really was like i remember when he died everyone was so sad and i didn't really under like you know what a loss to comedy and i didn't really know anything that he did Mm -hmm. but now i'm watching this i'm like oh yeah he is he is really good he's very talented yeah yeah hey come on over here i want you to look at this Yeah, what is it, it says here, Article 4, Paragraph 2, that in an office with more than 20 employees, you have to set up a special smoking area. <sighs> oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Maybe you didn't want to see it. <laughs> All right, Bill, where do you suggest we set up this smoking area? How about a mobile 10-foot radius around me? <laughs> oh, I have to point out Dave's blue suit. He is wearing a suit that I think is maybe the 
color of some sort of bubblicious bubble gum. It is just like really? this weird, almost like powder blue suit, huh. like the kind you would wear at a wedding in the 70s. I didn't even remember that. I figured out what's bothering me about Dave's suits in these early episodes in that he looks like Niles Crane. Like, it's the exact same oh, cut of suit sure. that was common in the 90s. Yeah. Something about it, like, looks slightly too big on his diminutive right. frame. Well, that is one thing about, I think, men's clothing in the 90s. Like, it was, it did not fit men. Right. Like, the cl- fitted clothing was not a thing for men. Everything yeah. was very baggy. That's also true for women in some ways. Too. Like, oh, I yeah. remember wearing, like, big baggy jeans, baggy t-shirts. Like, that was sort of a thing. And I think the suit's follow matthew's complaining to dave about bill smoking it's in my hair smell my hair he says oh that's <laughs> disgusting yeah and also his hair just looks really gross well, I don't, it looks like weirdly greasy yes, and i like, know that's why i'm like and then he was like smell my hands and i'm like <laughs> that's disgusting that is gross dave is going to arrange to have a designated smoking area i also wanted to point out matthew's green turtleneck under a blue and white yeah. striped shirt yeah i just thought that was kind of funny which okay. he uses later as a scarf his turtleneck pulls it up over he does his pull mouth it up later. over yeah. his nose and mouth yep yes and actually when he did that it made me think immediately of covid oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is sort of funny and bill says nice luck is that from jay crew <laughs> next scene dave is setting up the smoking area by the window beth is chewing gum that... oh so <laughs> what the hell gum i i remember i didn't write this down but i remember thinking like She's chewing on tar. Yeah. Like, although I, I did also think about bubble tape. Mm. If you remember bubble tape sure. or Big League Chew. Big League Chew. They had grape flavored. Ugh. I know. I know. Strawberry was the best. Grape was the flavor. And it turned, if I remember correctly, that like dark purple, which I think what she had going on. But yeah, that was repulsive. And like, why so much? Like, yeah. Is that supposed to be funny? I just felt like it was blech. No, it didn't quite add up. So they've got the smoking section by the window. Um, they've got a nice little potted plant there. But Bill says, who's the salad, huh? I, I knew you would like that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know either. So then anyway, they open the window. It's windy. It blows these reams of spreadsheets all over. Um, it just clearly like a, a visual gag that Oh, yeah. That's the only reason all those piles of spreadsheets are are there. Next, they run into Mr. James. I think there's a joke about how they didn't see him come in, and he says, Yeah, well, that's the way I like it. I'm like uh, that magician guy. What's his name? Uh, David Copperfield? No. Siegfried? Uh Uh-uh. Roy? That's the one. (laughs) Do you remember watching David Copperfield on TV in the 90s? I remember... I remember his specials being on. I don't think I really watched them. Oh, I watched every one. I remember really? the one he... Oh, yeah. He flew on stage. I remember he lifted up a woman from the audience. And as a kid, I was just like, oh, my God, magic is real. <laughs> and he had a hoop that he, like, put over their bodies sure. like to show that, like, he was really flying. And it wasn't until years later that I was like, oh, that woman was a plant. <laughs> like, I didn't... As a child, I'm like, they would never lie. <laughs> right. <laughs> they picked somebody right out of the audience. Yeah. Like that was a that was a totally random stranger he picked up. I remember the promos for when he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yes. And I remember thinking, this is, you know, at best a half formed memory, but 
they had a bunch of chairs like on a pier looking out over the bay toward the Statue of Liberty and like he had a drop cloth or something and he did his trick and revealed behind the curtain and the Statue of Liberty was gone and I remember thinking like okay but he didn't really like make it disappear like that's a really misleading way of saying it right yeah it's not like it's gone we walked up and tried to touch it and it wasn't there anymore i do think that they had people on ellis island on a platform he also made um an airplane disappear Mm. yeah i thought he was also very handsome yes uh you and a lot of other people (laughs) in the early 90s yes (laughs) i mean i was what 95 i was 13 12 you know, puberty. He always kind of reminded me of um, uh, Jesse Katsopoulos. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought he was very attractive yeah. as well. In uh, the show, I'm in the show I'm watching right now, Sneaky Pete. There is a plot point where they have to make a stuffed buffalo disappear. Mm. Actually, they have to make. They're looking for all this money that's inside the stuffed buffalo, and so they have to replace it with a different stuffed buffalo. And the stuffed buffalo is in the middle of a casino under 24-hour surveillance. Oh, sure. So they're doing something similar with, like, a drop cloth. So Mr. James offers to bribe people so that he they don't have to follow the smoking ordinance. I've got a friend at City Hall. Almost certain state ordinance. And in Albany. <laughs> yes, and in Washington. <laughs> but, sir, I would really rather you didn't bribe anyone because I support this uh, non-smoking ordinance. And I support fire safety, but you see those... Uh, See those sprinklers up there? They're not hooked up to anything. Got <laughs> paid a guy off. Had my nephew come in, super gloom to the ceiling. Uh, yeah, New York, was... New York, it's a hell of a town. <laughs> Which I actually was like, that's from The Simpsons. And then I'm like, no, that must be referencing someone, something else then. It must be. I, like, yes. the, you know, the Bart Simpson and Millhouse, they sing. Yes. Like, I didn't know that was a cover or a spoof of some song. Uh, but it must yes. be. Yes. So, there you go, Simpsons. Yeah, if my friend Angie is listening, she's probably, like, screaming at the... (laughs) It's a musical from this show! (laughs) Exactly. Newsies. Yeah, that's it. That is the first reference to Mr. James's nephew, which is not going to be the last one. Oh, okay. Scene three, Bill is in the office late at night. Uh, Dave comes over and says... Hey, Bill, you still here? Something wrong? Are you sure? Sure there's nothing the matter? Turns out he's holding in a mouthful of smoke, and so he he lets that out. Uh, They have kind of a disagreement about um, Bill not following the the new ordinance. Um, He says, "You can't know. How can you know?" That you've never smoked a single cigarette in your life. Well, yeah, I did once. And you threw up. How'd you know? You seem like the type. <laughs> I actually, when I saw, when I heard that, I was like, we should talk on the podcast. Jordan, have you ever known someone or yourself ever smoked and then thrown up? I'm curious. Are you, are you fishing? No, I'm curious. Like. Oh. Because, like, that's a... I feel like that is an experience people have. Oh, yeah. So, I don't think I ever threw up from smoking cigarettes. I think I've smoked three cigars in my life, and I've thrown up every time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, something about cigars. 
makes me nauseous. And I'm probably like inhaling right. too much and yes. I'm probably not doing it right. Yes. Um, Cause yeah. when he said that I was like, Oh yeah, I remember when I had a friend, if he's listening, he knows who he is <laughs> at my parents' house. My parents are listening, which they probably won't be, but sorry if you are uh, a friend come over and we had eaten Thai food for dinner. And then, yeah. And then he smoked a cigar on my parents' deck and puked. Thai food all over, <laughs> and then I remember uh, getting him the hose to hose it off. But yeah, it was it was a cigar. Well, and then it got me thinking about like my first experiences smoking. Yeah, and like, do you remember your first time you ever smoked? So this is probably technically the first time I ever smoked. But my friend Ryan and I found a pack of cigarettes like on the sidewalk or like in the gutter. Was it full? It was full. It was a full pack of oh, cigarettes, wow. seemingly undamaged. And we were in seventh or eighth grade, and so we lit one up someplace. And I did get a little bit of a nicotine buzz, yeah, and I yeah. was like, "Ooh, this is like nice." Um, and then I don't think I smoked again for a few more years. And then you know I had friends like in when I was sixteen yeah. ish who smoked sometimes, and it just never really grabbed me. What did you guys do with the rest of the pack? I think I got so freaked out <laughs> having it, I threw it away. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think I convinced him to let me have it, and then I threw it away. Because, mm. yeah, I was thinking about my first cigarette. wasn't even an actual cigarette. It was a clove cigarette. Ah, uh, I love those clove cigarettes. Dejarum Black. Yep. Um, Which they don't sell in the U.S. anymore. No, they don't. And honestly, like, if I could get my hands on some, I probably could. Canada, maybe? Yeah. I have relatives in Canada. Yeah. I should <laughs> send me some if they still have them there. Um... But I, same, I remember smoking one and I remember realizing that like, oh, I am kind of like buzzing from this like nicotine. And I've always been kind of sensitive to like substances like nicotine or yeah. alcohol or I just feel like I'm kind of sensitive to things like that. And um, like, I feel lucky, honestly, in some ways that we grew up when smoking indoors was still a thing mm-hmm. because like it. It was still cool. It is cool. Like, it was cool to go to a show and everybody's smoking and you stink when you leave. And I don't know, like, yes, it's bad for you and you shouldn't do it. But I feel lucky that I grew up in the 90s when you could still smoke inside sometimes. If this were taking place today, Bill would just start vaping. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're right. So Dave points out that he doesn't smoke but that he has a caffeine addiction you know what i am addicted to caffeine you got a coffee problem huh yeah how bad is your habit two three pots a day four on a monday that's just sick that is a lot yeah i i would say that i like coffee and i drink a fair bit of coffee if you're if we're talking in terms of a pot being 12 cups I don't think I drink a single pot a day. Oh my god! Well, and I, then I the, honestly the first thing I thought when he said that was his breath has to stink. Oh yeah. Horribly, and then I thought there's no way Lisa would want to kiss him if he is constantly drinking that much coffee all the time. Like coffee breath is the grossest breath. I mean, both with cigarettes and with coffee, you have to be very proactive about brushing and making sure that you have like mints or gum or something because sure. like. Or you need to be kissing somebody who's also smoking or yeah. drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah. Maybe Lisa drinks a lot of coffee too or something, but ugh. 
she seems like she runs on pure like uh, neuroses. Pure neurosis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> These guys are my little friends. They're always there when I need them, my reliable little buddies. Hey, Bill, I'm your friend. Yeah. Where were you last night around 3 a.m. when I was watching Steel Magnolias and crying my eyes out? I wrote that line down because I love Steel Magnolias. Yeah. At the end of the show when he says, if you don't cry during that movie, like you're a robot. Sure. He's 100% correct. I don't know anything about Steel Magnolias except for it being this kind of punchline about a movie that makes people cry. We should watch it. Okay. Although, I'll warn you, if you don't cry, I'm going to think you're a robot. Beep, boop. Show that Ugh, Sally Fields. Julia Roberts, I mean. There are uh, several movies like that that I get confused. I guess. <laughs> this is, this is going to sound like a lunacy. <laughs> but I get steel magnolias and fried green tomatoes confused. <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't know anything about fried green tomatoes. What's the other one? <laughs> fried green tomatoes. Uh, Prince of Tides. I don't know that movie. And what's the other one? There's another, um, there's another like lady movie from the early 90s. Lady that, like, yeah. Beaches. Beaches. Yeah. <laughs> all these are all tied up together where I'm just like, oh, those are lady movies from the 90s. I don't think I ever need to see those. Listeners, we will, <laughs> we will watch Steel Magnolias. I'll get back to you. Really? Will you? Yeah, I'll watch it. Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that makes me really happy. It's such a good movie, and I cry every time I watch it. And I've seen it probably a couple dozen times. I love that movie. So why are the Magnolias steel? No. Okay. (laughs) You'll find out in the movie. Are they robot Magnolias? You'll find out when we watch it. All right, Dave offers to give up drinking coffee, uh, as long as Bill has to give up smoking. Um, And Bill doesn't like that idea. He says... How's that supposed to help me? You should have to give up something of equal difficulty. Like going to the bathroom. Ugh. <laughs> but this also made me uncomfortable. Yeah. The idea of somebody like not being able to go to the bathroom when they want to makes me feel uncomfortable for them. Yeah, that was listed, I remember, in 1984 as one of the ways they torture Winston Smith oh. in the Ministry of Love at oh, the God. end. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's stuck in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) They agree to that, and Dave says, Should we hug? (laughs) We shook hands. Yeah, you're right. There's probably plenty. Scene four the next morning. Dave has given up coffee, and Bill has given up smoking. Uh, Dave says, I have a pounding headache, and my arms feel like they're about 12 feet long. (laughs) Which, (laughs) that line always stuck with me. It's like, yeah, that's what giving up coffee feels like. Uh, Bill says he coughed up something that looks like escargot that morning. <laughs> God, the idea of cough, like coughing something up. Ugh, I don't know. I just like when I'm sick and you like cough stuff up, like that's gross enough. And then the idea of like you smoke and like what's in your lungs and yeah. Uh, we have a friend who uh, smoked a lot when we knew him. I think yeah. he has since given it up, but he used to tell me that he would. The reason he kept smoking was to keep all that stuff down. Because when he tried to quit, he would start coughing things up. And he was like, I don't like coughing up this nasty black stuff. So if I just keep smoking, then I stop. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, not good. Yeah, no, I'm very, I feel very fortunate that I didn't get 
cigarettes and nicotine never really got their hooks in me in, in me- yeah, any meaningful same, way. Same. Like, I can't say that I was ever, I ever smoked with any regularity. I would even, if you counted every cigarette I've smoked in my life, I bet it's less than two packs, maybe three. Oh, wow. Like, it's not that many. I, I would say think. I definitely smoked less than a hundred, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I, like five packs. Yeah. Yeah. When I lived um, in a house with a bunch of people in college, there were yeah. several of them who were smokers, and we would go outside and have a cup of coffee and a cigarette in the morning. And sure. uh, I was rolling my own sometimes, or I would Yeah. Be... Oh my gosh, I forgot you really liked rolling them for people. I just forgot you really, that's right, you really enjoyed like being the person to like roll cigarettes and like buying tobacco yeah. and stuff. I forgot about that. Um, oh yeah, we've been together so long. What was the name of the... T- the... <laughs> Is it top to bag? Yes, yes. It was a big yellow bag. <laughs> such, such. It was like crack. the it was like the worst tobacco. Oh, right? it was terrible. Did yeah, you, you, I think you got American Spirit sometimes. I mean, yeah, that was the fancy stuff. Right when you were feeling fancy. Yeah, Bill is basically teasing Dave. Uh, he's having a delicious cup of coffee, and he says, "That old Java Jai." Yeah, which is a. A tagline from coffee sales in the, like, 30s That's or something. That's what I figured, because his next line is something about... Chock full of nuts, right. or, like, chock full of flavor. Right, right. The next thing that happens is probably the funniest part of the entire episode, which is they're both worried about feeling edgy and uh, oh. irritable, eh. and Matthew comes in and they scream at him <laughs> to get out. I'm nowhere near cracking. Neither am I, my friend. Uh, Dave. And oh, Matthew, what is it now? For God's sake, no one's smoking, okay? For <laughs> nothing! You know what we need around here is an anti-whining ordinance. So just sip your sniffling little lip and all your skinny ass out of here! I don't think that qualifies as cracking, do you? No, no. And they both just commit so hard to yelling at Matthew that he just... I felt like Phil Hartman really committed. Yes. Like, I was picturing, like, oh, yeah, you're really yelling. I felt like Dave wasn't... As a character and as an actor, I don't think he's the yelling type. So it was not as Like, is that because that's as yelly as he's going to yeah, get? exactly. Sure. So, anyway. So he leaves... A little while later, next scene, Lisa comes in and gives Dave some aspirin. He has a funny line where he says, "You know what? I don't know. What, I don't know what it is caffeine does for you, but I'm pretty sure that without it, your head caves in." <laughs> so Bill is being slow and monotone on the air. Mr. James comes in and uh, gives Dave a hard time about that. Mr. James goes into the booth and gives Bill a cigarette. Uh, even Catherine wants Dave to let Bill smoke on the air. <laughs> she doesn't mind. She kind of misses the smell. I would think that you would hear it. Like, yeah. sound. Like, Maybe. I would think that you would somehow hear someone smoking. Or like... Can I ruin something for you? Sure. Once I noticed how people on NPR breathe mm-hmm. because they take a deep breath and then they get through several sentences and then they right. stop and then they breathe again. Sure. Once you've noticed them doing that, you can hear it from every announcer ever on public radio. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, you can hear like those sorts of things if you are paying attention and especially if you're also taking a drag on a cigarette. I bet you could hear it then. Right. Too. Huh. Although. No, I don't think you, that doesn't ruin it. I mean, like, I. I notice, like, when they breathe, it doesn't bother me. 
I'm not saying it necessarily bothers me either. It's just one of those things that once you hear, once once you've heard it, you'll never unhear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, like TV announcers and radio announcers used to smoke on the air, right? Yeah, sure. That was it. Huh. That was my whole. You thought. You didn't ruin anything. That was my whole thought there. Darn. Matthew offers Bill a carrot stick <laughs> because it's supposed to be like a way to uh, manage your smoking addiction. You like put it in your mouth, kind of like it's a cigarette. I did wonder. I was like, I wonder. I mean, I'm. I don't. I don't know anyone personally that has really struggled with stopping quit, like quitting smoking. But I bet there's all kinds of stuff like that that are like eat dum dum suckers or munch on a carrot or you know stuff like that. Yeah. Listeners, write in and tell us. Write in and tell us your yeah. quitting smoking stories. I have to call out Lisa's plaid dress. Did you notice her plaid dress? No. So she is wearing a plaid dress. Okay. She looks like... Plaid was a thing in the 90s. Yes, it was. Like, plaid was, like, on furniture, wallpaper. It was... I wore a lot of flannel. Yeah. Like, it was a thing. It was interesting. I don't have the terminology to describe it very well. All I'm thinking is that she looks like a high school student from, like, the mid-60s. Hmm. Like, that was the kind of plaid jumper... Romper? Romper? No. Romper is like... Jump. Has two legs. Oh. This had four legs. I don't know if that's... <laughs> that's for an animal. <laughs> Dave gives Bill the patch. Yeah, I remember when the patch was a thing. Yeah. Um, so Bill puts that on. Gets instant relief. Really seems to like it. Walks back to the news booth and on the way dips Beth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just don't like Beth. Sure. Uh, and goes back into the booth. So apparently Dave got this from his doctor. What is it? Uh, it's the patch. Don't you need a prescription for those? Yeah, I went to my doctor this morning and had him prescribe it for me. Well, you don't smoke. No, no, I, but I told him I was thinking about starting. <laughs> you, you know, I don't think he's a very good doctor. I wonder if there are people that did that, though, that, like, didn't smoke, but they were like, oh, I want to see what nicotine feels like. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it through a patch. I'm sure people have done and do that even. Once in high school... Um, Somebody brought in some nicotine gum, hmm. um, and Nicorette. Yeah, Nicorette, and I remember like trying it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like real gum. You're not like chewing oh. it like gum. You like bite down and then like let it just kind of like suck the Sick. juice, kind of as it goes. Oh. It's like chew. It's a little bit like chew, yeah. But um, I don't remember. I don't think I got much of a nicotine buzz. I thought it was sort of like oh, this yeah. is kind of stupid. Um, next scene, Bill is feeling ill. Dave tells him, you just need to relax. And then there's a smash cut to an ambulance. I thought that was such a Simpsons joke. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Um, anytime there's a smash cut to an ambulance, that reminds me of the Simpsons. Dave is talking to the paramedic and says, you know, there's, there's just a chance that he was on the nicotine patch. Uh, that wouldn't have anything to do with it, right? The patch? Nah, I seriously doubt that was a factor. Oh, good. See, doctors are very careful about handing those out. That's why you can't get one without a prescription. <laughs> you don't, they don't say. <laughs> and then Beth has a joke about... Hey, Dave. Maybe you could help me out, too. I was wondering if you could go to your doctor and get me fitted for a diaphragm. <laughs> Why don't you just use your gum? I wonder if that's a 90s thing, too. Like, so Elaine on Seinfeld, she has an episode where she has, like, a 
diaphragm, I think. I am positive I didn't know what a diaphragm was the first time I saw this. Oh, I'm sure. And I remember watching that episode of Seinfeld, too, and being like, what's a diaphragm? Yeah, I think it's like an older contraceptive method, because I've never even had a doctor, like, mention that to me as an option. Like, I just don't think that's even, like... Yeah. Do they? I mean, I guess they get them fitted. <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. In the next scene... Bill is back. Um, I have a note here that Beth looks like, quote, 90s college girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the, like, stripy, dumpy-looking sweater that yes. she's wearing. Uh, Mr. James confirms that Bill does not feel like suing the station, and immediately, on confirming that, takes off. I just had no idea that the patch could have side effects. And I had no idea. You're only supposed to wear one at a time. <laughs> How many were you wearing? 15, 16... <laughs> I sort of stuck them all around my waist like a belt. I did think that. I was like, aren't you supposed to wear it on your arm? I guess I don't even know. I don't know where you're supposed to wear it. Yeah. I get it confused. I think I'm thinking of the birth control patch. I was just going to say that. That's I what the, I get it confused with. I too. think the birth control patch goes on your arm. I thought that went on your butt. What? <laughs> I'm half joking. I, think... I know. I think there was one, though, that you have to wear like on your hip or something. Yeah. I don't know if anyone uses the patch. The birth control patch, or a diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Let us know because sure. this is this, these are blind spots in our knowledge. That's true. <laughs> there are a few lingering effects, but you shouldn't worry yourself know, what about is it, them. Bill? I'd rather not. Say. Anything I can do to help? It smells like an ashtray when I pee. <laughs> Anything you can do to help with that? Gosh, I hope not. I think I've said gross ten times this <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, you, you're finding this to be a really gross episode, aren't you? Well, the episode I didn't think was gross, but your commentary on it, I guess, makes me relive the... So you didn't find it gross the first time, but you find it gross hearing me talk having about the jokes? to Having to examine it more closely, yes. <sighs> Joe and Lisa get into it. They um, talk about the awkwardness between them. And Joe's line is, Look, just because you see me at the movies with a friend who happens to be flamboyantly gay, it doesn't mean that I'm gay too. You just assume that. That's not what it looked like. Oh, I hated the way he said the words flamboyantly gay. Mm. It was just like, you don't need to punch a punchline. Yeah. What makes it even funnier is when you just say the punchline yes if it's if it's a funny enough phrase you don't have to punch it you can just say it and then like let the realization of what you just said like wash over the person listening to you and that's what makes it makes it funny but like he hit the words flamboyantly gay really hard he did and i was just like that's unnecessary and then i was like oh maybe in the 90s (laughs) like you just even saying the words flamboyantly gay on tv was shocking i guess i don't know I was like, that, that was a funny line, and I felt like he butchered it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I was trying to figure out whether this is progressive or regressive. Right. It's always such a weird middle ground there. Because on the one hand, I think it's really nice that Joe Gorelli, and I'm speaking of the character here, and sure. what, you know, yeah. New York meathead he is, I think it's really nice that he has a friend who's very flamboyantly gay and that they'd go to the movies together it's right. like two very different sorts yeah. of people being yeah. friends yeah whatever or even just acknowledging on public television that like 
there are gay people in this world. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, go and do things, and that's fine and normal and whatever. Yeah. The image that came to mind, and this is not going to make any sense to anybody, but it would be like, if you saw, like, a clown and a nun having coffee, you'd be like, hey, they're friends. That's great. <laughs> like, two very different sorts of people, you know? But then, on the other hand, I'm sort of like, he's really concerned that Lisa thinks right. he's gay, which right. is fairly regressive. That's, that's really homophobic. Yeah, even for the 90s. So, yeah. like, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on that. Lisa asks Joe, Did you see who I was with at the movies? Dork with a stupid hat. It's like any other dork in the city. Except he had a stupid hat. You know, we never saw the hat. We never saw the hat. They should have brought out the hat. I, wanted, I agree. To, I wanted to see it. So it turns out Bill had a cigarette, and before work, Dave had a double espresso, so they're both failures, and then in fact, they hug. If you ever tell anyone about steel magnolias, I'll kill you. <laughs> take a robot not to cry at that movie last scene there's a visual reveal of bill smoking in the booth uh joe has it hermetically sealed but he hasn't quite figured out how to ventilate it and so the episode ends on a glowing cigarette in the smoky news booth and that's the episode did i miss anything that you thinking about i did it made me think about how I mean, again, we were children when this episode came out, so this didn't affect us, but that transition to non-smoking environments in the workplace, like, that must have been kind of jarring and different. Yeah. You know, I don't... I I remember when restaurants were smoking or non-smoking, and they had different sections, and then I remember when, like, that wasn't a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was interesting to think about it from a work perspective, because I I always thought of it from a restaurant perspective, just because... That was the only real experience I had with a change in smoking policy growing yeah. up. You and I both came from non-smoking households. So that just wasn't really a thing. Right. Let's see. I think I covered all the actual laws. Um, did you have any that no, jumped I had, out to you? No. Okay. Well, I had the one. I, I said them already. Did you notice Beardy? Yes, I did. The guy in the background. Yep. Yeah. He's around. He looks like he doesn't belong there. Yeah. He looks like a guy just wandered onto set. <laughs> he definitely does. Or like he was just a guy working at like craft services and they're like, we need to fill out this background. Yeah. Like, get in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. So, here's our recurring segment. You ready? Oh, gosh. Yo, it's the 90s. Right. Um, the secondhand smoke slash smoking ban. Yep. I mean, plot itself is kind right. of a 90s thing. Yes. Uh, there's a mention of Governor Pataki, who was governor of New York. Mm. That is the extent I know about him. Mm. <laughs> hey, I believe that the character of Helga Pataki on Hey Arnold was named after Governor of New York Pataki. George Pataki, I believe. Mm. Um, the whole I'm not gay thing, that just strikes me as real mid-90s. Oh, yeah. They did that all the time in Friends. Yes. Um, yeah. Steel Magnolias as a punchline. Yeah. Seems like it's a 90s sort of joke. Didn't Beth say something about, like, I didn't inhale? Yeah, good call. Yeah. That's a real Bill Clinton thing. Well, right. I don't inhale or anything. Right, yeah. right. Uh, chock full of notes. Sorry. Chock full of nuts. It's a brand of coffee from the late 80s, early 90s. Mm. It gets referenced several times on this show, the brand chock full of nuts. And then the patch is also a 90s thing. And the laptop. And that cute little laptop, yeah. The funny thing is, like, a laptop at that time would be, like, 
cutting edge technology. They probably didn't even access the internet. No. 95? No. Maybe. Maybe it could access like. No, no way. News databases or something. That laptop didn't even have cords coming out of it or anything. Well, that's because it was a prop. Well, oh, oh my gosh, you're right. This no. from the woman who can't stand any I know. any coffee cups that don't have actual liquid in them. I know. Um, no, I remember going on the internet in 96. That was the first time I ever went on the internet. It's about the right time yeah. for me, too. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm on the information superhighway all day, every you're day. barreling down that information superhighway. I, I live on that highway. All right, so I do have a quick game. Okay. I throw all these together. <laughs> Great. I really threw this one together. I like games. Okay, so I barely have a theme here. Okay. My theme is the number three, because this is the third episode of the first season. Got it. Okay. Got it. And uh, I was supposed to write questions, but I only have the answers, so I'm going to make up the questions <laughs> on the fly. Okay. Question number one. This is a nickname given to someone who is the son of a junior. So if you have Fred Jones Sr., Fred Jones Jr., and Fred Jones oh. Third, Yeah. Fred Jones Third might have this nickname. I have no idea. I don't know. The answer is Trey. Really? Mm-hmm. So if you ever hear anybody named Trey, huh. usually they're the third. So Trey Anastasio, Trey Parker... Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Question number two. (laughs) These delicious crackers are made with three kinds of grain. Triscuits. (laughs) Correct. I love Triscuits. I hope that's right. (laughs) I assume that's why they're Triscuits. I meant to look that up. I don't know that they are, though. I could be wrong. Maybe they're made with... I've read the box. I don't know that that's true. Maybe they're made with grain that is, like, woven in three directions or something. When someone in New York City refers to the tri-state area, mm-hmm. what three states are they referring oh, to? Oh, no, geography. <laughs> so New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey? Oh, two out of three. New York, New Jersey. And? Rhode Island. I have no idea. <laughs> that would be Connecticut. Connecticut, yep. okay. Question number four. This science fiction author created the concept of the three laws of robotics. Okay, I have no idea. But a science fiction author is Ray Bradbury. Good guess. He was a contemporary of Ray Bradbury. That would be Isaac Asimov. Uh, Do you know anything about the three laws of robotics? No. Okay. It's like how to make robots that won't harm humans. Oh. So, like, rule one is, like, a robot may not allow a human to come to harm, blah, blah, sure. blah, that sort of thing. Question number five. This is a Brazilian dystopian thriller on Netflix. We watched the first season oh, together. Oh, uh, the 3%? Correct. Is that right? Yeah, that's oh, right. good. It was okay. It was okay. For what it was. This very famous race car driver. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not going to go well. Who died in a tragic accident. While driving, mm. uh, had the number three on his car. Oh God! I have no idea. I want to say like Ricky. 
like somebody named Ricky. I don't know. Like, do you know? I don't. I literally colors? can't name Dale Earnhardt. That's a is that a race caller? Ding 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 ding. Is that correct. right? Yeah. That's the only race car driver I know. Yeah. He died yeah. while driving mm-hmm. in a race. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Like twenty years ago. Isn't but... there a Dale Earnhardt Jr. too? I think he's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Okay. Oh God. All right. Don't don't at me on this. <laughs> I don't want to know. Question number seven. This is a sitcom from the nineteen seventies that often turned on broad body misunderstandings from the 70s i have no idea i don't know that i know a lot of sitcoms from the 70s mash starring john ritter john ritter three's company correct that's right how did i get that i I don't don't know know. (laughs) question number eight this is a slapstick movie from the 1980s, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. Three Amigos! <laughs> Very good. Nicely done. Fun fact about that movie. I have listened to that movie, but when I was in high school, I want to say, um, I made out with somebody through the entirety of that movie. <laughs> we were supposed to be watching it, but we just... Kissed, because that's what you do in high school. And so I've never seen that movie, but I've listened to it. It clearly wasn't funny enough to interrupt the making out. No, either. no, you're not going to interrupt two high schoolers. <laughs> uh, this is an aesthetic rule suggesting uh, how you should frame a photo. Oh, rule of third. <laughs> Come on, I teach photography, dude. <laughs> All right. I, I don't even have these in, like, a good order. Normally, I would sure. mix these up. But the last question is, this is a painting that is divided into... A triptych. <laughs> Three separate Come panels. on, man. Yeah, I know. I'm just... <laughs> All right. That was I really know good. a lot about some things, and I know nothing about some things. <laughs> I also just think the word triptych is fun to say. Triptych. You got eight out of ten. I'm very smart. Very nice. Okay. Like I said, I really threw that together, so (laughs) I think that went okay. That went, that goes in my favor. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So now we get into the part of the episode where we talk about recommendations. Oh, I was just thinking about this. Do you have anything you want to recommend? I have, I always have, I think that you're, what you're looking for is like music, movies, television. Yeah. But I always have something else that I found that I'm like, this is a good thing. Um, I recently bought a bath towel made of Turkish cotton, Mm. that thin bath towel that I bought kind of, it was one of those things that just got in, uh, advertised to me on Instagram. And then I was like, oh, impulse buy. Okay. And I really like it. And they're kind of make it like you should have it at the beach. It's almost like a blanket and a towel together, but it's very thin and it, um, supposedly like it repels like sand or water because it's really tightly woven Mm. so like it does like when it it takes water off your body it doesn't absorb it and then make the towel really heavy and wet and take forever to dry it almost just like slicks it off your body so it's like a squeegee basically i mean that's probably why i like Mm. it 
but just it's been really great and I like that it's really pretty and it's just much more convenient than bath towels or uh, beach towels which are so heavy and bulky yeah and I guess it's just nice when you impulse buy something and then you actually really like it yeah so I like that towel that's my recommendation go yeah. get yourself a Turkish cotton beach towel <laughs> go get yourself a Turkish massage owl <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to recommend something along the same lines, and that is go get yourself a robot vacuum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have cats. They shed a lot. I get tired of using the vacuum to take care of their hair. And about 18 months ago, I bought a robot vacuum. Listeners, this thing has made a huge difference in my life. (laughs) Basically, you can just set it up. And it will vacuum on its own. So, hence now listen. name, a robot vacuum. <laughs> now listen, is this thing a genius? No, it is not. It is not a genius. You do have to clean and pick up the room in advance. You just set up a playpen for it. It will get stuck on things, and so it will take you a few times Keeling is laughing. It will take you a few times to learn what it's going to get stuck on, what it's going to get confused by, etc. But once you do that, you can really just set it in the room and it'll go. Uh, and the one we got is a Yuffie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's like a Model 240 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big name in robot vacuums is Roomba. I think they just got to it first. The problem with Roombas, as far as I can tell, is they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. Like you can easily spend five, six, seven hundred dollars on a Roomba. Mm. I got this Yuffie for like two hundred and fifty dollars, and it has been just fine. So I really don't think that spending twice or three times as much would get me a two to three times better robot vacuum. So if you're not sure, just get this Yuffie that I got. Um, it's been really good. Uh, we nicknamed it Pigpen or Bot Bot for our eighteen month old who can't say pig pen yet um <laughs> he's kind of half fascinated half frightened by it <laughs> if you have cats if you have carpet it's really helpful this is the point in the episode where we give our ratings so what do you think we should use as a unit for this episode cigarettes well it should be something from the episode so how about like wads of gum gross <laughs> how about disconnected uh smoke detectors carrot sticks carrot sticks <laughs> yeah okay carrot sticks uh, all right. On a scale from one to five carrot sticks, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I'll say three and a half. I think this was my favorite one so far. Yeah, I'm going to actually say four, mm-hmm. just because I think that this really highlights um, Bill McNeil early on in the series as a excellent character, and Phil Hartman really gets to play the hell out of him. So, okay, three and a half and four carrot sticks. Now we're just going to say we are on social media. We have an Instagram. Wow. We have a Twitter. We have an email. Oh my gosh. We're on email. Uh, So (laughs) write in. Tell us what you think of our show. Tell us what you like hearing. You can reach out to us at WKJPpod, most of those places. If there's another place you would like to see us on social media, let me know. Um, Pinterest. Pinterest, <laughs> Joking. Etsy. I'll make an Etsy shop. Sure. What will you sell? I'll, that'll be my project for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> we 
reach out to us. Tell us what you think. This is on the Apple Store, so rate and review there. Great. Give, give us five stars. <laughs> I think that's something people say. I don't... Uh, no, Jordan. They say like and subscribe. Like, that's on YouTube. But it doesn't matter. That's just what you say for everything. Like and subscribe. <laughs> rate and review. Yes. Five stars only. <laughs> Hashtag news radio. <laughs> for next time, watch... Season 1, episode 4. It's called The Crisis. Mm. And that's all we've got. Anything else you want to say? I'm good. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan. And Kayleen. Signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.